All right, the Plank Show is on the road in Santa Barbara with the OU softball teams. Well, with the OU softball team, singular, as we get set for the season opener. Josh Helmer, Manning, thanks to the Brown O'Haver Studios. Hour three, Josh, as always, brought to you by the good folks at Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Business for over 30 years. They got you covered, don't they? That they do. Give Josh Tucker at Roof Tech of Oklahoma a call for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. Uh, we always guarantee our top five stories today to kick off hour number three, so we'll go ahead and pay off big story number one. Oklahoma's win over Texas Tech last night was huge. OU Insiders Joey Helmer joins us here on the Plank Show. Uh, Joey, needed, um, necessary, whatever way you want to describe it, huge. Last night was huge for the Oklahoma Sooners, wasn't it? Had to have it. You absolutely had to have a couple of these games, really, um, when you look at Oklahoma's schedule down the stretch. And I think to, you know, kind of emphasize how big this was, you look in Oklahoma has, floated around kind of the, you know, 28 to 30 to 35 uh, range in Kempom this season and had fallen all the way down to 48. And with, with this one win, they vaulted all the way back up to 30. So um, typically teams in that range, uh, you know, top 30, you feel really, really good about your chances of making the tournament. And in one victory – um, they shot up that significant of a margin. So, uh, yeah, this this was a huge, huge win for Oklahoma. And, um, I, I, I completely agree with what Porter Moser said last night after uh, the game and this being one of the most complete games they've played in, in a long, long time. And so uh, th- this was huge, no doubt about it. Now, <laughs> you, you feel a lot better about this team just – after one victory like that, that's just how daunting the Big 12 is, though. I mean, any of these games you can get, you just cherish them, and especially you went over a team like uh, that in Texas Tech that uh, I feel is certainly a top-10 caliber team. Yeah, I think so, too. And it's good to see Emoji Gibson get going. Now, listen, we don't expect him to do that every single night uh, when his team needed him to. He caught another level of fire, but a couple good points have been brought up today off the air, and, you know, Bijan Cortez being out, uh, and then Goldwire getting in foul trouble kind of forced a little bit more point guard play from Mo Gibson last night. Now, again, I was listening. I didn't get to watch outside of the highlights, but did you sense that maybe Mo was pretty comfortable whenever he had the ball in his hands running the show? I think he was, and that's kind of what makes this performance a little bit more impressive to me um, is that he was kind of running the show as well at times. Um, and so, yeah, this was – it was it was impressive. I mean, the guy I, – I, I what I noticed from – and I liked it. Moser brought it up in the postgame was that Oklahoma was really using the ball fake on the perimeter last night and hmm. – <laughs> I tweeted out that I'd have to look at some film to see if uh, this is something they saw from Texas Tech in terms of uh, liabilities. I mean, they're they're a fantastic defensive team. They're great third uh, nationally in uh, Kempom adjusted defense. So 
Um, I, I have to believe it probably wasn't the case, but man, it seemed like every time uh, Oklahoma's guards on the perimeter were in tr- terrific triple threat, a uh, ball faking, and on a lot of occasions, the tech defenders were were jumping, and not just for uh, Emoji Gibson. Uh, five different guys hit threes last night for Oklahoma, but um, yeah, he he uses that little ball fake and step around move and was using that to perfection last night. And so it, it was just a really impressive performance by Emoji Gibson and one they, they needed. I think if they were going to get out of this slump and the number of games that they lost, they needed a performance like this to where a guy would put the team on his back. And that's absolutely what Gibson did last night for Oklahoma. Yeah, and uh, I just from my foremost connoisseur of Sooner information, my buddy Rob, Ethan Shagwa played uh, pretty big, and you know, just it it seemed as if they were a little bit more fluid whenever he was in the game, which is a good thing for him. I thought he's provided some really really good minutes for this team, and yeah, he plays almost twenty eight minutes uh, last night, five rebounds, four assists, a couple of steals, um, a, a guy that. You know, get, gives you a variety of things when he comes on the court, and so, uh, yeah, absolutely good Vince, and it's good to see him uh, playing that much. I think um, he's a guy certainly I like in the lineup, and uh, w- with that, th- those are things you absolutely have to have in terms of your contributions if you're going to win games, and especially a player that can give you uh, the number of things that not you know not necessarily just putting the ball in the bucket. I mean, I thought Oklahoma really rebounded the ball well last night. Texas Tech is a team that uh, can, (laughs) as many teams in this league can, uh, really get after you on the glass, and especially on the offensive glass. And uh, Oklahoma gave up eight offensive rebounds last night. Um, Several of those, uh, I think, with a few minutes to go in the game, they had given up only like four, and so – I thought for the most part they did a really good job uh, in that area, and um, certainly Shagwa is a, a huge part of that for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's NCAA tournament hopes. Obviously, trip to Kansas coming up this weekend going to be very difficult. It's a place Oklahoma hasn't won since 93. What does OU need the rest of the way in your mind to feel comfortable here that they're going to be – safely on the right side of the bubble or just not on the bubble altogether? I wrote in my, you know, I've I've started up. It's (laughs) finally February here to where we can really realistically look at uh, the NCAA tournament and what what the outlook is for that. And uh, I kind of pegged Oklahoma in the seven to um, eight conference win range uh, to feel like, they have a really, really good chance here to, to be in and to feel like they, they're probably are in, I think, if they get to the eight-win mark, which would mean they need four more wins. Um, seven, I feel like you, you probably feel pretty good about your chances. And so uh, it's I, I thought before last night it was four or five more wins, and now I feel like it might be three or four. And uh, you that's, again, why – last night was so critical because you look at the stretch down the rest of the way and uh, given 
but with everything we had seen before last night, it was kind of hard to, to, to see four or five more wins uh, down the stretch for this team. And now, uh, just after one, you look and you still have home games against Oklahoma State and West Virginia, uh, teams you, you feel like you can beat. Oklahoma State, um, <laughs> you certainly feel like you probably let that game uh, last week and get away in Stillwater, but still go to Manhattan. So those are a few of the winnable games. And then you talk about getting one more at home. So uh, I, I think if Oklahoma can get uh, to, to 18 wins, that they feel like they have a pretty good chance to get in. So not to shift the gears rather abruptly, but let's do talk women's basketball real quick. That was a big-time win for Oklahoma uh, this past weekend and coming back and beating West Virginia. Suddenly we're looking at a situation, Joey, where they could be hosting a regional with the way that they've been shooting up the charts. Just in general, how impressed have you been with what Jenny Bronchak has done? Quite impressed. Uh, I mean, there's no other way to put it. She is the Big 12 Coach of the Year, and she is the National Coach of the Year right now. But bar, bar none, bar no others. Uh, I don't <laughs> – you look around the country and – what she's done is more impressive than, than anyone else out there. Um, with, with that said, Oklahoma looks uh, it really wants to. You you want to win the Big Twelve. Uh, you you want to sure. win the regular season, and it's I I don't know, Chris, um, how many people were paying super close attention to it, but uh, that Baylor Texas. Um, kind of back-to-back series that they played last week was pretty important. Uh, a Texas win in that second game actually would have been really nice, even though Oklahoma has uh, obviously the, the head-to-head and the tiebreak over Baylor. That would have given them two games of clearance on every other team in the league besides Iowa State, essentially making it kind of almost a two-horse race. Um, as it is now, though, um, it, it's still a three-horse race, and – uh, Oklahoma uh, has to feel good about where they're at. Uh, I think they should play better the second time around when they uh, go to Iowa State to play that game. And uh, th- this is a huge game this weekend, though. Uh, if they can pocket this one at Texas, man, you, you look at the remainder of the schedule and uh, you, you feel like you've really got some opportunities. And like you said, um, in terms of hosting, you finish this. I mean, if you go the rest of the way with, say, one loss and um, play at least decently good in the Big 12 tournament, I think you're probably hosting in the in the NCAA tournament. That's wild. That's an incredible turnaround. All right, uh, two more, and we'll let you get out of here unless Josh has a couple more. Obviously, you know where I'm heading. I'm heading to softball. A uh, big weekend. You open up against UCLA. These two teams played. Uh, these two teams have played. I think in each of the last two postseasons. Once in the losers bracket, of course, last year whenever Oklahoma beat them, and then the 2019 national championship series. But you know, it's it's been cool to hear Patty talk about the pitching staff, and I know that uh, the hitters are ready to get after it. But you talk about a mountain of expectations, Joey. They are heaped upon this team right now. Like I am uh, going to be listening to you all weekend, and nice. I cannot wait for that UCLA game. Um, 
come on, ESPN. Why, why, why are we not oh. putting that game on national television? Um, <laughs> I go down that rabbit hole and all. <laughs> you can hear me talk for an hour about that. But uh, this is awesome. I, I'm incredibly excited. I know you are as well, Josh, is uh, for the season opening. It seems like just yesterday uh, we, <laughs> we're getting done with the national championship campaign from last year. But as uh, complete of a team as you could possibly have coming into the season. Um, and I'm, I'm actually trying to work a little something up before, uh, before the game today on how this team compares to, um, the four previous teams that won national championships. And I'll be honest, um, if we get what we're expecting to get in the circle out of Jordy ball and obviously, uh, hope trout wine in addition as well. And, um, everyone knows what Nicole may did last year. I have a really hard time believing this isn't the best team, at least on paper, out of any of the teams that have come back off national championships. And so, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun spring and summer, no doubt about it. And I cannot wait to get it going. And that UCLA game, what, what a showcase game out of the gates here. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm pretty fired up. All right, you know what else I'm fired up about? With the UCLA game being, being on Saturday, it's the only game. I'm not even kidding, dudes. I can sleep in as long as I want, and I don't know <laughs> if I've ever been more excited for a Saturday in my life. Joey, you're the man. OUinsider.com. Gavin Freeman made his uh, signing official yesterday as a preferred walk-on. They've got all the information with Joey and, and Brandon and Parker and the crew. We always appreciate it on a Thursday, and we'll talk to you next week, man. Hey, thanks. Love it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Love it. Joey Helmer. All right, so when we come back, we'll mesh like 30 minutes of news, sports news for you. Hey, you want to guess what First Take is talking about, Josh? Any, no, any I, bet, the, I bet it's guess? the Lakers. It is the Lakers. Uh, now every single Brian Harson hit piece is being written, and we'll hit our top five stories of the day next right here on the Home and Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. I'm on the road today with Sooner Softball as we get set for its season opener at 4.30 today. Oklahoma will battle UC Santa Barbara. Let's go. I'm pretty excited about it. So there is a lot to get to and a short. We got a long way to go and a short time to get there. We're eastbound. Now watch old bandit run. You ready for the top five stories of the day, Josh? Let's do it in hour three, which is brought to you by our good friends at Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Josh, tell the people how they can get in touch with our pals over at Roof Tech of Oklahoma. From one Josh to another, give Josh Tucker a call at Roof Tech of Oklahoma for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245, Roof Tech is fully insured and regulated by the Oklahoma Construction Industries Board. And, of course, they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. All right, let's get after it. Big story number five. Number five. All right, last night in the wonderful sport of college basketball, we had ourselves some doozies, including a big upset win for SMU. Nobody has a timeout, so this – 
should be it. And the inbound goes to Marcus in the corner, and the Mustangs do it. And the student's going to rush the court. SMU snaps Houston's 12-game win streak. They knock off the sixth-ranked team in the country with an 85-83 win at Moody Coliseum. Yeah, that was a fun night, man. They uh, uh, Big win in the top 25 as the number sixth-ranked team in the country falls. Houston beaten by SMU 85-83. to Also, Ohio State beaten by Rutgers last night. And number 25, Xavier, falls to Seton Hall 73-71. to But it wasn't all Cinderella's and upsets last night. Flagler thought about a three. One dribble in inside the arc, and he knocks it down. A mid-range assassin. Baylor 75, Kansas State 60. We'll get to Oklahoma's win over Texas Tech. And big story number one as far as top 25 games tonight. Duke is at Clemson. That tips at 7 o'clock this evening. Purdue and Michigan. Michigan's on the skid so far this year. That's an 8 o'clock tip. Purdue is fantastic. If you haven't had a chance to watch them, 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN. All right, big story number four. Number four. All right, how much digging have you done on this Brian Harson story? Have you – I don't know why I'm living it so much this morning, but I am. And I guess either Auburn's search committee sucks or – I mean, I don't know, Josh. They're just terrible. But apparently Harson was about to get fired at Arkansas State before he took the Boise job. And apparently while he was at Boise, he was in hot water because he kept blowing things off. Now, again, I know what happens, right, whenever you're looking for reasons to try to fire someone or to try to find issues, everything suddenly. Oh, I heard this and I heard that. It was like we talked about with Spencer Rattler, right? Whenever Spencer Rattler was was benched after the Texas game, it suddenly became very popular to become anti-Spencer Rattler and everything. Well, I heard he was walking down the street and completely ignored blah, blah, right? Everything just suddenly became anti-Spencer. But I don't necessarily know if that's what's going on here with Brian Harson, Josh. I think this might be a sign that he is done, so done at Auburn, even though he is at the coaches' meeting today. Why would they let him go to the coaches' meeting if he wasn't going to be sticking around? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Wouldn't that be a, a strange pivot to have had Brian Harson off to the SEC head coaches' meeting? And then he's let go, relieved of his duties a couple of days later. I think that's an indication that maybe this thing is trending toward they don't feel that they have reasonable termination with cause here. I think you're right. Well, they've been doing an investigation for the better part of the last uh, week, right? And I think as, as they dig, I don't know how much there was to the reports of an affair. Um. I mean, it's still, I don't know, I'm not in the middle of it. I can't shoot it down like we did the reports around here. But I I don't know. It's just, it seems as if they badly want him out, but at every turn it seems like he's finding a way to potentially stay employed. Meanwhile, one other quick note that wasn't really relevant enough in uh, Josh Helmer and Chris Plank's world quite yet. I put two stories together here on big story number four. We've had a couple of trades already. The Spurs have traded for Goran Dragic, but apparently they're going to buy him out. And Marvin Bagley is on his way to Detroit, while Serge Ibaka is on his way to 
Milwaukee. Who would have thought that Serge Ibaka would end up being um, – I mean, listen, I'm not trying to get too carried away here. I like Serge Ibaka a lot, but I kind of thought, you know, when he was at Oklahoma City, I thought that there was a chance he could be a foundational piece for some some franchises, right? And now since he left OKC in 2016, he's already on his fourth different team, which seems a little crazy to me. Do you remember how detrimental it was whenever he was out of that San Antonio Spurs series, Josh? It's like the, the world had ended. And now here he is bouncing around to his fourth different team. It's crazy. Pretty, pretty wild. Was in Orlando, then went to Toronto, won a championship in Toronto, went to the Clippers, and now he is on his way. In fact, he was down with their D-League team for a while. Uh, Now he's on his way from the Clippers to the Milwaukee Bucks. Wild. Wild. All right. Um, Big story number three. Number three. So the, I you're not as big of a fan of the state of the league press conference as I am, are you? This is a me problem. (laughs) Yeah, no. Okay. Probably not, but I, I think it's uh, interesting hearing from the commissioner of any league, really at any particular time. You there's pressing questions you could ask any of them certainly rob manfred right now but Ro- roger goodell uh the comments that he made he i mean he said as much that he feels the nfl nfl hiring cycle fell short of the standard of what the rooney rule he feels is in place to deliver here's what roger goodell had to say okay you want to start let's start there with the rooney rule that's a good job. um reevaluate to me play- it's oh, hold on Raj. Uh, the NFL reevaluating everything after Brian Flores' lawsuit. To me, it's more important for us to sort of listen to coach, understand what he and other coaches are going through, what our clubs are going through, what they the feedback they have, and also again reevaluate everything we're doing. Let's let's see: are we making mistakes that we subconsciously are doing or didn't think were a mistake? We have to reopen to every one of those. Um, and so, uh, you know, I admire and respect Coach a lot, and so uh, I hope we'll get a lot of feedback, not just from Coach Flores, but everybody in this league. That's what's going to make us better. Yeah, there you go. So that's on the hiring side of things. Now, Josh, there is a train wreck going on in Washington right now. Raj Goodell was asked about the investigation that the commanders are putting together right now i do not see any way that uh, a team can do its own investigation of itself uh that's something that uh we would do we would do it with an outside expert that would be able to help us um come to the conclusion of what the facts were and what really truly happened so that we can make the right decision from there so we'll we'll treat that seriously and move forward Hmm. interesting interesting now um is there a situation where maybe you could see a team that has the authority to potentially remove its owner? I do believe that the clubs do have the authority um, to remove an owner from the league. Ultimately, it's a, a league vote, I believe. Uh, we'll correct that if I'm incorrect. Huh. Do you get the sense that the clock might be ticking on one Daniel Snyder, Josh? Feels like he's been flirting with disaster for quite some time already, and... Maybe this is the the final push in 
in that direction. Again, we're going to have to wait and see what an external investigation, what it uncovers. And if it uncovers that some of these allegations are true, then absolutely right. I think he's going to be on the, the ouster. Yeah, I do too. I think the NFL is going to find a way to get rid of him. All right, big story number two. Number two. Oh. I have much, much more. I think – I think I did a good job in stepping away from going too in-depth on the conversations surrounding Roger Goodell. I'm kind of proud of me right now because I, I could have talked the rest of the hour about it. We are kicking off the softball season today. First pitch at 4.30. Uh, TV on ESPN Plus today as OU battles UC Santa Barbara. Um, all kinds of watch and listen information at Soonersports.com. We'll travel tonight to go stay in Irvine, doubleheader tomorrow against Loyola Marymount and Mississippi State. Then the big one Saturday night at 6 against UCLA. Patty Gasso on the Plank Show was asked about her pitching staff and how she feels about where this staff is right now. Oh, gosh, I'm really excited. She's done a great job, and I <laughs> – I owe it to her because last year she really Generation. had we had injuries. We had some pitchers that just weren't the caliber that we needed them to be. So Coach Rocha was just holding a breath about every game, not sure what was going to shake out for us on the mound. I think the consistency that we're dealing with now is a whole nother level of confidence. It is um, – these these pitchers understanding what they need to do. They're really learning the game. But their competitors, I feel that. Jordy Ball, Nicole May, they, uh, Hope, Macy McAdoo is in that equation as well. They're competitors. When they get out on the mound, they're not afraid of what they're seeing on the other side. And that's what I felt a little bit of last year with the intimidation of facing T.R.A. Jennings or Kenzie Hansen. So you see a team, pitching-wise, that appears to have their mind where it needs to be in a competitive perspective. OU, UCSB, things get underway today at 4.30. Which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oh, what a night last night inside the Lloyd Noble Center for Mo Gibson. How about a dagger? Double team, bounce to Goldwire. In the paint, give out. Mo, three, hit the air. He got it again. He got it again. What a night for Mo Gibson. What a night for OU basketball. Ten seconds to go, and they'll dribble it out. Win column Sooners. Game over. Final score tonight in Norman. Oklahoma 70 and Texas Tech 55. Mo Gibson went 8 of 11 from beyond the three-point line, 9 of 14 from the field. He scored 30 points as Oklahoma gets a much-needed win, knocking off Texas Tech 70 to 55. 14 and 10 overall, 4 and 7, moved up to 39 in the net rankings? Yes, that is correct. Nine-spot jump up to 39. Uh, I think it had gotten as high as 30 before all the other results from last night came in, but it is 39 where they stand right now. Nine-spot jump, which is significant for the Sooners. Mm. 
Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. When we come back, there's your top five stories of the day that we've been talking about and will be talking about all day here on The Ref. We haven't talked about Gavin Freeman yet. We'll hear from him, plus the news, according to Josh, right here on The Ref. Oklahoma and UCSB get after today in college softball. We'll be all over it. Uh, I'm here. I mean, I hope so. Unless the bus left without me. I'm not part of the group me. Um, I just count on Teamworks for everything. So fingers crossed that they haven't left me or anything, Josh. Fingers crossed. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's get after it, shall we? A little news according to Josh. Are you ready? Let's do it. It's time for the news according to Josh. People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48. All the news that matters to us. What you're about to see is a Channel 4 News exclusive. His name is Nutty the Squirrel, and he's three years old. How about that? (laughs) That squirrel can water ski. And hopefully, it matters to you. Now, with the news, here's Josh Helmer. Hi, Josh. Let's get after it. It's time for the news. Where do you want to start? Oklahoma got a second on three prediction for 2023 five-star defensive lineman David Hicks. Uh, Let's see. Who was the prediction submitted by? Well, all the way back on January 21st, Gary Hamilton predicted uh, Hicks would land with Oklahoma. And now on three director of recruiting, Chad Simmons has sent in a prediction for five-star defensive lineman David Hicks to Oklahoma. And let's see. Yeah, he, he's the 2023 kid. So would be huge for Oklahoma. I was thinking of Lebius Overton, who is reclassified to 2022. Hey, do we – a dumb question. Do we know when uh... – when he is making his announcement, Overton, Overton, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no, we don't. We know that uh, okay. Connerly. We we know he's making his announcement. What early March? I don't know that we know right. an exact date on that either. But uh, March was when Connerly, the offensive lineman, was set to make his uh, announcement official. Which, by the way, speaking of offensive linemen, the. Uh, Sooners have a Rivals future cast in from our friend of the show, Josh McQuistian, uh, to Ooh. land with uh, Oklahoma. That's for Caden Green, who is really highly regarded offensive tackle in the 2023 class. Four-star, uh, really everywhere you look. I want to say on Rivals he's the number 25-rated player nationally. And he's, really? of course, 247 Sports on three, all of those services. He's uh, really high thought of there as well. Huh. So, And somebody else put in a prediction for Caden Green this morning or last night, too. So there's a couple that have come in here just in the little, you know, last couple of days here, the little bit. Lee Summit, Missouri kid, by the way, for offensive tackle Caden Green. Huh. Very good. It's a good sign. Seems like Cruton's going well. Where we go next, Josh? It's opening day. How are you feeling? For Oklahoma softball. Um, This is going to sound a little bit short-sighted. I just, 
I want to get to this. I want to get to the stadium. I want to get to the stadium. I want to be at the stadium. I want to be set up. I want to be ready to go. And as soon as I get connected, we're good. I just, I'm so, I'm so pumped. And here's the thing. You know, you and I joke about this a lot. So as soon as first pitch happens, we blink and it's May. I mean, that's just, that's the reality of college softball season. Listen, there's going to be, there's going to be some days where we're, uh, maybe kind of low on content, but as far as the season is concerned, Josh, it just it flies by. So um, I'm excited to get it going. I think it's going to be a really, really fun year for these girls. I think the fans are going to love their uh, enthusiasm. I haven't really got a chance to know Jordy Ball yet, but she seems to love softball. And she's what's the what's the Oakley shades that I talk about? I want all the time. Are they called Vipers or something like yes, that? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. She wears the Viper sunglasses, which I just thought was a nice touch. It's kind of got a little mid-90s feel to it. So seems fun. Um, I, I can't wait to watch him play tomorrow or tonight and then get after it tomorrow. But, yeah, I think Nicole May gets the start in the circle. It's my prediction. So Oklahoma, everywhere you look, talking softball here, is all the preseason polls there, number one. That's right. We know, of course, they're bringing – all sorts of star power back, all Americans back. I guess the easier question to ask then would be, what is this OU team rep- replacing? Um. Oh gosh, their staff, <laughs> their pitching staff. Uh, G. Juarez needs to step up. Our, G. Wars needs to step up. Someone needs to step up to replace G. Wars in the way she pitched in the postseason. But G. Wars did not have a good regular season and didn't even pitch in the Super Regional. So they need someone to step up and be clutch like she was. Um, they need an experienced clutch bat. And Nicole Mendez was that. I think Grace Lyons has the potential to be that for him this year. But those are two things, just kind of the clutchness of, of Nicole Mendez. And then someone to really step up and give them. I think Jordy Ball has the attitude that Shannon did, and I think that she also has uh, immense talent in the circle. So I like her um, as the as the go-to. And I just I think that's the big question: is who steps up and replaces what Jordy? I'm sorry, what G. Juarez and Shannon Sale gave them during the regular season last year and the postseason. We have been telling you all morning long, enormous, gigantic, large dub last night for Oklahoma over number nine Texas Tech. 70-55 to 55 the final from inside the LNC. 30-piece for Mo Gibson. The one other game last night in the Big 12 was 10th-ranked Baylor at Kansas State. Bears looking to bounce back from uh, a loss to Kansas. Well, they went ahead and raced away from Kansas State in the second half. That game, though, was tied at halftime, playing 34 apiece, and then 41-26. to Baylor uh, in the second half, the scoring margin. They went at 75-60, to so that was your Big 12 schedule from last night. Uh, obviously, no Big 12 men's basketball games this evening, though... You can look forward to this on the college basketball slate. Tell me when you are amused. Number seven, Duke versus Clemson. Uh, Pacific Gonzaga. Nah. Number three, Purdue versus Michigan. Yay, nay. Okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Um, 
No Big 12 games tonight. So I, <laughs> this is really getting ahead of ourselves, and I know that I'm out of time, that we're almost out of time. But I guess I need to start paying attention because I've kind of become used to, say, you know, the, the way in which the Big 12 schedule is set up. But do we, I mean, when we head into the SEC, are there a few sneaky Friday night games in the SEC or no? Because I don't like Friday night. Co- I, I, I don't like it, Josh. I don't like Friday night basketball games in college basketball. That will definitely that will definitely be a shock to the system if that's happening. Okay. I'm looking at the schedule for this Friday. That looked that way. No, yeah, no Friday games. It's that. usually Big Ten games, right, that have been moved, that have been doing a lot of Friday games. I feel like there's some been yeah, some Pac-12 yeah. games maybe too. But. True. Yeah, I, I'm in. I'm watching Duke and Clemson. I've got a big. Uh, I'm on the streak game. I've won three straight streaks on ESPN.com, and so I'm in on Duke tonight to beat Clemson, which pretty much means that Clemson's going to beat Duke. The <laughs> big NBA news of the morning before we take a, a TO, which will be our final TO. The Milwaukee Bucks have acquired Serge Ibaka from the Clippers. This part of a four-team trade that also sends Marvin Bagley from the Kings to the Pistons. Uh, scale of one to ten, importance of this news for the Bucks' repeat bid. I, you know what? I, I haven't heard much about Serge Ibaka recently, and I know he'd spent some time with, with the G League team. But I think any time you bring a veteran guy that's won a title, that's been in big battles, they need a little bit of two to add two down low. I think it's good. I'm with. I'm in. Let's go. Welcome to Milwaukee, Sergio Baca. Now let me counter with a question for you. Okay. Do we see, do we see James Harden and Ben Simmons get traded today? Is is the trade deadline this afternoon? We are now five hours away from the trade deadline. Yes, they will both be down. <gasps> James Harden apparently has come out this morning and said he wants to be traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. How about that? All right, quick break to wrap it up. Plank Show heading down the home stretch. A little football talk next right here on the Home Center Fan. Do you know what I realized last night? Yes. And I completely forgot about this. Is If you listen to us on the podcast, you never hear any of the music. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> I try to cut and out the parts gonna... where we talk about the music, but sometimes it's, oh, funny, okay, to okay. Sometimes it's no. funny to leave it in. It was just, I was listening last night, and you did a good job because it's like, man, that's pretty smooth. We, we said we'll be right back after this, and we're just rolling right into it. But, yeah, I was I was listening back last night because I was downloading our podcast with uh, Coach and Jada, which is available now at sportstalk1400.com if you want to download it. And I was like, you know what? I I need to do a little self-check. I need to, I need to make sure that the show is – is up to the standard that it needs to be up to. I was like, I think we're okay. I felt good about things after listening back last night. That's good. I'm glad good. you feel good. I, I like. I felt good. Feel positive. I felt about really it. good. It's like I, I, and again, I'm not gonna try to hurt my elbow too much, patting on the back, but I was like, okay, let's roll. Say thank you, everybody and, out there. I want a text message hey, saying thank you for as <laughs> the as Anthony Cumia and Jim Norton once said at the end of their show, "You're welcome." You're welcome for uh, putting this quality show together. But in, in all reality, I do want to urge everyone to check out the podcast page if you missed anything today. And I wanted to point out that at 9.57 local time, 11.57 uh, central time, 
we are wrapping up an episode of the Plank Show where there has not been one mention of anything going on with a certain transfer quarterback or a certain coach that went to take another job. We You're will welcome. return to our regularly scheduled 12-hour programming <laughs> I, of I, certain I, coach out west and certain quarterback out west <laughs> tomorrow. Dude, I still crack up so hard. If you guys go to our uh, – so if you go to Sports Talk 1400, which is the flagship for 94.7 The Ref and, of course, 1430 The Buzz down in Lawton, um, if you go to the, the, the homepage – and you click on, I think it's, I think it actually says like, listen, the podcast page. It's under media, and you click on podcast. It's just funny to look at the labeling that Tyler has done on the podcasts. <laughs> I cracked up about it yesterday. I cracked up about it even more last night. You know what's fun is if we haven't even spent too much time on the Super Bowl even this week. It's been fun to listen to a lot of non-Super Bowl team storylines play out. And obviously the music is playing us out today, but, you know, in hearing some of the reactions from Saints players about the Peyton retirement, the future of guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, what Aaron Rodgers at the Waste Management Open yesterday, Bronco fans were saying, come to Denver and he turned and he said, we'll see. And that becomes some amazing storyline that everyone loses their mind on. It'll be a big topic today, too. So uh, we'll get into it tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your day. Steely and Thune at noon. OU softball at 4.30. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you back here tomorrow.